Whether you're taking a rip down the lease road in your jacked up truck or flying first class to Houston, Texas, it's time to sit back and relax for another exciting episode of Oil and Gas Onshore. This episode is brought to you by Tendeka, a global specialist in advanced completions and production solutions for the oil and gas industry. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, Justin Gautier. So welcome to this week's episode. We're here at the Blue Sky University Pipeline Conference in Stafford, Texas with Ricardo Layton, Vice President of Global Operations at Universal Pegasus International. Ricardo, thanks for coming on to the show. Thank you, Justin, and I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to talk to you. Right. Well, I see you guys have one of the nicest booths in here. I got to say, you guys got quite the setup there. So you guys always come to this conference or what? Absolutely. Since the onset, and uh, we are true believers that if you're going to do something, you're going to do it the best. Yeah. Uh, so as you've met some of the uh, personnel there, they're very excited, very energetic, and, yep. and very, I'm going to say, representative of what we try to bring to our industry, which is the same across all platforms and the other I can say players within the actual market itself. Good. Well, you, you definitely set the tone, and, and like you said, just meeting the folks there, I can tell the culture is great. And so, uh, I'm not too familiar with Universal Pegasus, but from what I see so far, I'm quite pleased. How's the conference been so far? There's been some. Uh, I know there's been some speakers and things like that. So tell us a little bit about your experience so far. Oh, it's excellent. Every time we actually come to these types of engagements, there's a lot to be had, a lot to be taken, and more so a lot of lessons learned to be applied, right? Yeah. And uh, with this, um, I will tell you where we're at with our market today, especially in oil and gas. Uh, it is one that is changing. It yep. needs to change. It is. It has to change, and it's going in that direction. And uh, with Blue Sky and this engagement, it, it is representative because of the technology the disrupt, uh, disruptive ideas that are coming out of this that uh, should create a better platform for us to have a better or you know culture of execution as we go forward in better addressing uh, the actual forthcoming opportunities and, and stages or phases within our industry. Fantastic. Well, look, I'm going to dive into some questions, but before I keep going, I want to take a quick break. If you'd like to support the show, please subscribe and do me a huge favor and take a few minutes and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Any feedback is welcome and appreciated, good or bad. And also, if you feel like you have a great story or an idea for a show or any questions, please hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm always open to uh, to discuss so this week's review actually comes from C Strang Four, good friend of mine, Courtney, who says, uh, "Disclaimer: Justin invited me to be a guest on his podcast. Hearing my interview and listening to the others he invites onto the show, it's a great opportunity to connect with others in the industry and hear about their business and personal aspirations and motivation." Thanks, Justin. Well, thank you, Courtney. I appreciate uh, I appreciate the interview, and again, it was great having you on the show. So, Ricardo. Uh, I looked at the website at uh, you know the BSU website, and you were listed as one of the leaders in pipeline. So, how did you actually become known as a leader in the pipeline industry? Actually, excellent question, and um, I will tell you, seventy percent to eighty percent of the focus of this um, event has been on leadership, on management, on on those roles and responsibilities. And I will tell you, uh, coming from a, a position of as a retired Air Force uh, officer. Uh, Thanks again for your service. Oh, no, I greatly appreciate it. And thank Absolutely. you to all our young men and women out there that are truly making it happen. Most certainly. Uh, but to you, uh, I will say that uh, if there's one thing that we've learned is that uh, leadership is not one that uh, we're born into. It is earned. And uh, more so, I will say, within our industry, I've gained a great appreciation for the level of world-class professionals we have. 
and uh, their value and contributions to a very important, uh, how can I say, factor within the, you know, how can I say, global economy. Uh, with that said, uh, with, with the leadership piece, uh, it is one that if you empower your personnel, you allow them to do what they do best right. and basically retract and do course corrections or, or basically shape the environment for them to be successful, that is where the leadership comes in, in my mind, is by allowing others to do their best, then at that point, you are facilitating and you've now become a leader rather than just defined as a manager at that point. Right. And and you see that in companies that are most successful and, and leaders don't necessarily pull their people along. They're there to help guide and navigate the ship and the people respect their leader and will work hard and do whatever it takes to help, you know, the, the team and the family grow. And so uh, I can definitely identify with that. And, you know, looking at your LinkedIn, uh, you currently manage a team of over a thousand professionals. So you, you've clearly uh, set yourself in a great position to be a leader. So how do you possibly manage that many people? I have to ask. Okay, I, w- I will tell you, it's it's not as difficult as one might believe. Okay, as long as you go into it with a sense of humility. Of course. So, like I said, I'm I'm actually in this position, and and most of your leaders are in those positions because others allow us to do that, and and at that point allow us to perform in those capacities. Uh, with that, um, it is there is an investment. Uh, I will say with everything you've seen, our market is very volatile. We've Mm. gone through the ups and downs. And you will find at the end of the day, the most valuable resource you have within any organization, within the energy industry, and across all industries, and I'll say definitely within the uh, Department of Defense, is our people. So by investing in them, by allowing them to develop, to grow, to truly reach their full potential, at that point, it, the management and, like you said, uh, oversight of, of those people is almost seamless. Uh, they manage themselves. They look after each other. Uh, at the company, at UPI, we actually consider ourselves a family. And as you onboard, we uh, make it very apparent, very clear to everyone uh, that they no longer are Joe, John, Jane. It is now you are part of our family, and we will look out for you. Uh, in that same sense, they're looking out for the person in front, behind, and to the right and to the left. And I'll tell you, there is no greater comfort when you know that everyone is looking out for each other. So everyone becomes vested. And when you have that loyalty, that culture, uh, it, it actually just makes everything a lot easier. Right. Well, I love your mindset, Ricardo. And, and would you say your experience in the military uh, military has helped kind of build those fundamentals in leadership? I mean, where I mean... You didn't just, you know, come into this world with that type of mindset. I mean, where did this come from, and, and what was your biggest takeaway from being in the military to your position now? I mean, has it all kind of helped work together? Oh, absolutely. And, and I'll say we've had some incredible briefings over the course of the last two days on that leadership uh, theme, and more so um, from two actually retired additional members uh, from the Echelon Command. Uh, it is a company they have, but it, it, it highlights basically the appreciation for what other people do in order to, how can I say, reach uh, the full fruition of a task, right. uh, the victory piece. Uh, with that, um, I would say, you know, after 20 years, uh, uh, in a, uh, like we were talking earlier, I'm yeah. very proud of every day, but more so of, of the uh, support we've received from all our families, which without them, we wouldn't be able to do it. Right. And, and that goes back to what, what I was trying to say is that, um, through the military, uh, that sense of humility comes in, is that uh, bottom line at the end is 
those individuals, that family that is around you, is basically acting as a single unit with a common goal, and at the end is for the success of, a, of the overall mission. Right. Uh, the way we consider it in the oil and gas industry is that if the project is successful, and our clients are successful, and in return then our companies and our organizations are successful. When you look at it as a single force moving forward, not the individual, uh, then you have a greater sense of, uh, how can I say, realization of all the goals and visions and missions that as an organization you might set. Most definitely. Well, there's some serious nuggets to take away from that, Ricardo. So uh, I, I want to shift gears here a little bit, um, more specifically related to uh, Universal Pegasus in your career. Uh, what's your story, and how did you go from the military, uh, and was Universal your first stop? Uh, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about your background with related to oil and gas. <laughs> it's a it's a very unique background. I, I've been asked this a couple times okay. uh, over the uh, last six years since my. Uh, so you've got the pitch down then, obviously. I, I, I don't. That's the uh, that's the problem. Because okay. I will say, uh, you know, started out. Uh, you, you finish a very challenging career, and then uh, you know, always asked, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? Right. And uh, I soon found out that uh, my golf game was really not that good. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you know, I had to look for another challenge, another opportunity, and I knew it wasn't going to be down that path. Sure. Uh, with that, um, being in the different positions that I held within the Air Force, it gave me uh, unique opportunities, but still within the same framework. Of, uh, of our Department of Defense. Okay. Um, with that, um, I had a unique opportunity to come to Houston. I was actually out in the New Jersey area. Okay. And um, I was uh, basically approached and said, hey, we know that you don't, the industry itself was beginning to look to change. And uh, organizations that were looking for that said, well, maybe there is ways to blend in the uh, mindset that the military has into another industry platform and see if there's any types of balances or risks and opportunities that we can gain from that Interesting. and really develop ourselves. Uh, because the industry has found out that it really has been the same for 30 to 40 years. Yep. A lot of things have changed. It is, uh, you know, there's a lot of technology, uh, great amounts of innovations out there. So with it, the industry has to change to basically uh, shape itself to execute against these new platforms, new clients, right? Um, the uh, age or the uh, how can I say the uh, the the age levels are also changing. Yep. You have the old cadre beginning to leave the industry. You have the new cadre or new managers and leaders uh, with incredible unbounded energies coming in. Yes. And by the way, that is an opportunity. Right. Uh, so with that, uh, I I found it to be exciting. I found that, you know, maybe I'm not as versed specifically in the hydrocarbons. Sure. Uh, but I will say at one time I was uh, approving some of the biggest hydrocarbon expenses in, nice. in all the logistics in our, in our theaters. Wow, that's uh, a badge of honor. Operated, but it, but it is, I, I appreciated what, what it brought yeah. uh, 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 to our missions and, uh, and the overall value. Right. Uh, but uh, I said at the end of the day, if you take it down to the the yeah, a most critical denominator, which is the people, uh, you will find there is a lot of translatable uh, skill sets and that you can have between all the industries. Right. It's just truly understanding where those values are and, and, and basically how to develop them, enrich them, and then kind of see them grow and, and flourish at the end. 
Exactly. No, that, that makes sense. And actually, I wanted to touch on, you mentioned people and, you know, there being a little bit of, uh, you know, I'm on the drilling side and what we see currently is there's a pretty big age gap. You know, you have the seniors that are, you know, that have a lot of experience, the hands-on experience that aren't necessarily as technologically advanced or even, you know, willing to be the early adopters and a lot of the new things coming in. But then you get the kids coming out of school that, you know, are just eager to please and want to take over the world and, you know, jump from, you know, job to job and are just, you know, willing to take more risk, it seems like. Um, Is that something you see in the pipeline world? And, And if so, how do you manage that? Absolutely. And I love the question because we found that is one of those golden nuggets. Right. Um, at the end of the day, the goal for all our um, organizations that serve this, this market space is to be you know, environmentally responsible and safe in our designs. Um, and, and the experience from uh, you know, basically our senior technical staff and senior leaders is there to carry on the histories, the traditions, and, and the success. Um, we, we looked at that um, balance as far as, or, or how, we'll look at it as a positive conflict. Right. Is, um, what do we do with, with these two generations that are now ever so present within you know, the market? And, and we found actually uh, it's, it's, it's an o- a truly an opportunity because if you start pairing off an individual that has 30 to 40 years, they have a wealth of talent, a wealth of experience. But at the same time, they're at the apex of their careers. They know just about everything that needs to be known. Right. The problem is then it, that basically frames the way that they approach any new situation, any new opportunity. When you bring in this new unbounded energy <laughs> and, and talent, um, it actually sparks a, a youthful vigor in the individual that okay. all of a sudden they're being challenged. Because by the way, our new generations are that is what they do. They challenge the norm. Uh, they like to engage. Yeah. And and if you actually allow that, how can I say, spark to happen between the two generations, they both benefit. Of course. You get an individual that now is eager to pass along, you know, and train and mentor, and the other is just a receptive sponge, yes. willing to now execute, grow, and develop. Right. Um, so, uh, I, you know, for uh, many of the organizations, and definitely in ours, we started to do that. Cool. The buddy systems, a, a lot of mentorships, developments, but actually put people in uncomfortable situations where somebody might have been happy in a corner for, you know, the last five years. Yeah. We just put three new grads out of college <laughs> right next to them. Right. And, they can uh, feel the heat, I'm sure. Like, oh, there was going to be. You will find that a smi- there was just smiles, and, and it was just, like I said, a very, it became a very positive dynamic at the end. Wow. So, so it is an opportunity. It was not a risk, as we maybe had predicted initially. So. Wow. Well, I would yeah. imagine that that greatly uh, contributes to the success of uh, Universal Pegasus, and, and, and it's neat to hear that. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about uh, Universal Pegasus and what you guys offer to the to the space of pipeline. Okay. I mean, for us, uh, we're world class, you know, engineering, uh, procurement, and construction management and construction company. So that's okay. an EPCM EPC company. At the end of the day, I will tell you, and it goes back to uh, what I said previously. It is how do we deliver a world class project, environmentally responsibly and safe. Right. Um, at that point, that is a successful project. 
So for, for UPI, uh, you know, we've gone through our transformations, uh, but one thing that we came to realize, and especially with the volatility of our market, uh, is that you don't make an excuse for why the market is doing what it is. Sure. And by the way, there is many a research out there that our market is cyclical. It is volatile. So it becomes not you saying, well, I'm surprised yet again. It is what am I doing with the downturns in order to never go through another cyclical you know, event in our industry. Right. Uh, so what is it that you do with the bad in order to hedge for the good? Uh, with that said, um, you know, our president actually stated it is we don't need a recovery to recover. <laughs> yeah, so, that's a good and point. Let's face the facts. Okay? Yeah, this is our market. You know, we love it. We're in it and we're here to make it better. Right. So that uh, we, we, you know, once you hit, get that aha moment, amazing how many things can happen. And from there, the approach to just about everything we we do and where the value was and where the uh, how can I say the investments would be was specifically to the realities of our industry and to our market. Wow. Uh, and that is where you will find that, uh, you know, over the last two years, we've actually doubled in size. Okay. And we are prone to double in size. We're at a thousand. So probably be 2000 over the course of the next four to five months. That's incredible. Uh, it, yes, it is. It's a, uh, you know, it's one of those things that it's challenging during the downtimes. It's very challenging during the uptimes. Right. But uh, we're going into it. We're very, uh, how can I say, high levels of excitement and energy. Yeah. Because we took advantage advantage of the years and the opportunities we had to actually make things set better, better foundations, better platforms, a better baseline. Right. So how does a company of your size, which is which is great, I was, I think, looking at the market cap and I mean, you guys are, because you guys are owned by Huntington Ingalls Industries. Right. And so I think they're in what, like 20, yeah, 20 billion in market cap or something like that. So, it's so uh, yeah, they're under revenues. They, they tend to be, you know, close to the 10 billion per year. Okay. Um, yeah. They, that's, yeah. Uh, you know, contract over or close to 43,000 personnel. And yeah. uh, the uniqueness in them is that they actually have five generations working in their yards. Holy smokes. I, I, Incredible. It just changed. A couple of months ago, it was four generations. We now, they, you know, they have five generations. So, and yeah. Like I said, we're, we're all part of the same family. Of course. There. But uh, we carry on those same traditions and heritage. So it's been, like I said, an incredible, uh, how can I say, unification between two industries. Yeah. Uh, they, they, what they do, they do it best. There right. is no better uh, support for the, for the you know, major Navy contracts than HII. With wow. that, you know, we have very solid and, uh, and strong foundations in our ethics, our compliance, our quality. Uh, because in the same way that they cannot falter in the design of, uh, a, a, you know, some type of warship mm -hmm. or personnel carrier, you know, for the seas, uh, we cannot falter in the design for our oil market industry. So, it's it, like I said, it is positive on both ends, and we're very proud yeah. uh, to carry on that name, too. Most certainly. Well, it sounds like you've landed at a great position with your, you know, your experience uh, in the military and now being here at uh, this, I can tell there's synergy between you know both of them. Uh, I want to talk a little bit. Uh, we mentioned the market a little bit, but you know how do folks like yourself and the rest of the pipeline industry as a whole manage currently in such a volatile market that that we're experiencing? So uh, the market is comprised, uh, if we if we kind of simplify it, to onshore and offshore. So UPI services both. Okay. Um, and many many of the uh, you know same corporations and companies within the market space do the same. Uh, they don't tend to be aligned. Uh, hmm. and, and where 
you know, sometimes the offshore market would be down, the onshore would be up, or vice versa. Uh, one thing that I did learn in this last one is that not too many people were surprised we were going into a downturn. It was the length and the severity of the downturn against both of the um, of the uh, spaces themselves, both the onshore and offshore. So that was kind of say almost like the perfect storm came to bear. Yeah, um, and it does happen. Well, you know, from a lot of uh, like I said, the research that has been done in uh, the McCombs uh, School of Business at UT has really looked at it because I was very interested. Yeah, I kept being told, hey, it happens every five to six years. So we wanted to see, well, if it happens, why? Yeah, is it the same catalyst? Is it a different catalyst? How do I, you know, how do we prepare now for the next one? And we found out it's it's not the same thing every time. It just happens. So it's looking at now is how do we create or transform or better prepare the company for the next one? Right. And in that one, I will tell you, it came down to the investment in the people themselves and the honesty and professionalism with the engagement. Hmm. The same people. To, to a great extent, will stay within the industry. So it's how you treat them, how you communicate with them during the downturn. You know, everybody fears rightfully there's going to be releases, there's going to be reductions and things like that. You know what? At the end of the day, it can be done in a better way. It, uh, you know, the whole past uh, statements of saying it's business is business doesn't sit with us. It is personal. It is right. personal for us as a company. It is personal for the, the individual, and it's personal to the family. So what do, what do we do to better that? Because, by the way, when the actual market picks up, we're going to need some of these people. Of course. And, and we, pro we will need them rapidly. So what is that lasting memory that you gave them you know, during the, the, uh, the off season, we'll call it. Yeah. Um, so in that case, you know, we, we look at, and I know other companies is the same as cross-functional opportunities. Look at, Hey, if you're doing this, but there's nothing happening in this skill set, let's tr cross train you to something else. And by the way, by doing that, the individuals started getting better appreciation for other disciplines. Right. So E and I working in a mechanical discipline or mechanical working in civil, a designer going to the field, you know, for a construction effort. Engineers going to the field, which is extremely important. Uh, the issue we had, it, it worked so well that we had problems bringing some of those people back from the field. They were having <laughs> so much fun. Right. But let me tell you, when they, they came back or, or they transitioned back to the original disciplines, stovepipes went away. There's the byproduct. Hmm. Um, so the, so pr the positive surprise we had is basically now we had a more versed, a more capable talent pool across the entire of the company platform yeah. where literally Ian and I knew what civil mechanical was doing process and they would actually, like I said at the beginning, look out for each other. Nice. And, um, and that's how we know how we will manage and continue to manage during the upside because yeah. it is literally uh, one of those pleasant surprises. And yeah. And it created just incredible value across uh, the entire family. Good, good. Yeah. So with regards to the downturn, did, uh, did the pipeline industry see the need to increase efficiencies and advance in technology? Because essentially you had to do more with less, right? So, I mean, what, what, I mean, has there been any major shifts within the last, say, six to eight years uh, with regards to technology? Uh, I would say over the last two to three years, so if you want to actually cut it down okay. a little bit more. So it's and constantly that is why evolving. Our, our imp importance, you know, as far as uh, supporting the Titan network, being here with BSU. Yeah. Um, technology is where it's at. 
Yeah. I will say um, uh, as a company and more so as a corporation, uh, I will say all leadership is very keen on disruption. And it's looking at uh, bottom line, going through exercises and initiatives to see what might actually put us out of business in the <laughs> next six months, next two years, next five years. Yeah. Uh, you know, Uber has had a huge impact <laughs> on a lot of, how can I say, uh, transportation and logistics platforms. Right. And so have other things. All right. Uh, well, hopefully the there's. Day, th- I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, hopefully their stock does better than Lyft's does. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> but but uh, you're saying those are the unexpected. The same of course. Thing yeah. I just Netflix, had to put that in and there. And if you look at it, our uh, actual CEO and. And president of all HI, you know, uses the story. He one day, and I, I think about a year ago, he found his Blockbuster card. Oh no and way! Funny enough, yeah, we found some of those. And you're like, I remember Blockbuster. And then my, my children, what is Blockbuster? Yeah. And having to explain to them, I had to go to a store to hope they had a video VHS on top of that. Which yeah, they yeah. Have absolutely zero idea what that is. Right. Uh, but that is what we're looking for. Right. Is what is gonna basically come in and literally physically change how we do business okay um and i will tell you the way that we get impacted by the the evolution and the advancements in technology that's where it's going to be okay our person our personnel will be need to be receptive yeah okay the way we did things yesterday is not the way we we do things tomorrow and we have to embrace that. Once, like I said, you have that aha moment and accept it, it's amazing how, how well you can move forward. Uh, but it goes to say, how we've changed what, iPhones every year pretty much? So why not find a better platform in order to actually execute you know, against our market? Yep. And, and that is where, like I said, BSU is leading the front. That is why we associate with them because I think there's an incredible partnership to, uh, again, be the spearhead and not the shaft. Right. No, that's that's <laughs> always important. So with regards to technology, I mean, there's a lot of buzzwords going around the industry right now with regards to like AI, automation, big data. Where does that fit into the pipeline industry currently? It, it fits out across the entire of the uh, service offerings. Um, the same way that we designed with a number two pencil and, and uh, whatever, you, you know, and, and paper space, you know, today um, we employ quite a bit of the AR and VR platforms within our organization. Interesting. I okay. I say that um, with that, there is a transition period because people, you have to build confidence. You have to build that repeatability, reliability, and the quality. Right. Because at the end of the day, that's what the client is going to want. That's what the industry is going to want. Um, so we are undergoing, as an industry, that, how can I say, phase. For us um, at UPI, we developed an incredible uh, inspection platform based off of, a, of an iPad. And I will say about four years ago, uh, when we fully implemented and fielded uh, these iPads, there was a lot of resistance uh, to the point that you know some personnel would run over them, take pictures with the iPad of doing something to the iPad. Really? And uh, and, and and but you know what? It, it was very short term. Then they started realizing, oh my gosh, the the the, the, the system itself is here to make my life easier. Yeah. To actually protect me, protect a project, protect a client, and protect basically uh, the surroundings and now it's it just you know it's exponential yeah but it was one of those things that almost you have to hit somebody here on the side of the head just a little and say come on yeah look at it a little bit different and look for the value that this brings uh, in order for you to do 
so many other things. Yeah. Um, because if you're sitting there filling, you know, for a simple uh, example would be sitting filling a whole bunch of forms when the forms are actually almost filled out for you and with drop down menus and things like that. Um, and, and it avoids, how can I say, uh, my inability to write the letters correctly, and then they become <laughs> readable. Yeah. It just helps so much better, and, yeah. and I think it becomes more efficient. Right. Um, so back to your question, we have to make the transition. Of course. We have to embrace what these new generations are bringing, the way they look at things, because there's incredible opportunities with them. Very yeah. cool. It sounds like it's it's exciting, and I, and I'm you know I'm I'm young and eager in my career, and I'm excited to you know see what uh, the oil and gas industry continues to evolve, and you know it's it's exciting, and it sounds like the pipeline industry and what you guys are doing over there at UPI is uh, is tremendously exciting, and, and you guys are continuing to advance, and we live in a great time right now, yeah. and I'm excited. Uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but uh, I, I did have you know a couple other questions here. So, are, do you live here in Houston, or where where are you at? Absolutely, you do. Uh, okay, so I do live in Houston. Um, cool. I, I, this is the energy capital of the world. Yes, it is. Uh, I will tell you that right off the bat. Yeah. And if anybody challenges, and I'd like to have that discussion. Right. Uh, but uh, if if when you see the uh, the market change, it tends to actually draw back into Houston always. Of course. Uh, but uh, with that, um, you know, like I said, I was up in the Northeast, and uh, after many years of asking for a sweet tea, and I would hear <laughs> dark, you know, from a Snapple bottle, I yeah. said, oh, man. That's not <laughs> it. It's yeah. time for me to go, to go back to, you know, where, where the barbecue and the, and the sweet tea is real. Yeah. <laughs> so are you originally from Houston then? Not at all. Okay. I'm actually uh, from Guatemala. Okay. So I was, I'm going to say, result of a diplomatic family. Okay. Uh, so I, um, I actually did not come to the U.S. to truly live here until I was almost 18. Wow. Um, so I got the opportunity to live throughout my first 18 years across the globe, from most of Central America to even the Middle East. Okay. Um, and appreciate actually the value of all that the world has to offer, the diversification of the cultures and just the beauty of all those uh, of all the people. Most uh, definitely. Is one that shaped me. So if if you want to actually. Going back to one of the first questions, how did I get here? Yeah. Uh, I will say is, is through the appreciation of diversity and inclusion. Wow. Um, is uh, We can just be better ourselves <coughs> by that association. Very cool. So. No, I, I love uh, the words you speak, and, and I certainly appreciate it. So uh, one last question here before we sign off. Uh, do you have any daily habits or routines that help create a recipe for success in both your personal life and your career? Yes, and I think I, I spoke to these yesterday because somebody oh, else, well, not in casual in casual conversation I did. Uh, okay. Uh, because it's how do you react to the immediate? Yeah. You know, um, there's always there's always something going on. And, and I, I'll tell you, I've tried so many times, you know, you set a calendar and within 10, 15 minutes, your entire schedule or calendar for the day <laughs> is out the window. Yeah. Uh, so, so being flexible, but uh, one piece of advice I would give everybody is, and for us it comes from the Air Force, is wind the clock. So take the time to wind the clock. Okay. So when you are presented a challenge, don't naturally jump in, you know, head first and, and try to resolve it. Kay. Take, if it is five to ten seconds, and think about it as winding a clock. Yeah. Uh, take a deep breath. Amazing how you will better approach that situation and come up with a more rational, probably a much better solution. Interesting. At the end. And yeah. that works with everything. 
Um, you know, if people come in with a problem, uh, they're probably very excitable, uh, very energetic. Just stop them, after, listen to them, stop for a few seconds, take that deep breath, wind your clock, and then engage. And, and it comes to mm. just about everything because they're, uh, you know, the famous saying, and there's the rest of the story, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah my dad is, used to say that yeah, all the time. Yeah, there's always a rest of a story. Yeah. Uh, so if you're confronted, you're, you know, with a situation, it's probably you're only getting that one side. Just take enough time to think about more holistically in general the, the surroundings and the environment cool. uh, for that situation. Well, you know, I certainly appreciate that type of advice. I always, you know, sitting and being able to talk to gentlemen like yourself that are in, you know, leadership roles and you have great experience. There's, there's always things to take away. And so I appreciate you sharing that with us today. Absolutely. Well, look, now it's time for our sponsor giveaway. Tendeka is giving away a mini portable projector perfect for home theater boardroom office and pocket video for a chance to win click the link in the show notes and we'll announce the lucky winners as they come in and i'd also like to take a moment for julie to tell us about the upcoming events hey everyone it's julie here with the events on deck for may 2019 we have our midland happy hour on may 21st at Midland Beer Garden from 6 to 9. And then we have our Houston Happy Hour, and it's going to be at the Cannon from 6 to 9 on May 28th. This month we have the Oil and Gas Smart Contracts Conference on May 15th and 16th, and we will actually be launching another one of our new podcasts live from that event. So check it out. Um, The link is in the show notes. We have the Merge Market Energy Forum on May 21st. It's in Houston. Just check that out in the show notes. And then we have a charity event, Golf for Good. That's a golf charity event for Redeemed Ministries. That's going to be on June 11th, 2019, and they are still looking for sponsors. So check that out in our show notes, and if you want to sponsor or register, just click the link in the show notes. And that is it for the month of May. Some events on deck in the the coming months. We have Shoot for the Future, a play shoot on Friday, July 26th, and then the Nape Summer is coming up in August, and that is it for our upcoming events. Thanks, Julie. Appreciate that. I also want to mention the OKC Fin Feather and Fur, which will be happening Friday, October 11th, 2019 at the Heritage Place, Oklahoma City. Uh, I know we're, you know, we're a ways away from that, but this is relatively new for the Oklahoma region. So show them some love and go onto the AEDE website and, or hit up Courtney Strang with Inwell for more details. And anyone out there in Houston interested in uh, playing oil field hockey, come join the Hack and Whack crew for some old-timer hockey. We do it every three weeks at Memorial City Mall Ice Rink. Hit me up on LinkedIn for more details. And if you're looking to get in shape for the summer, visit KTX Fit in Katy, Texas, and, we, and get a free trial by telling one of the coaches that I sent you. So, Ricardo, thanks again. Uh, appreciate you joining me for today. If uh, people out there want to get uh, to know more about either yourself or uh, UPI, how can they do that? Are you LinkedIn or website? We're LinkedIn, and definitely I, I welcome everybody to visit the UPI. And the same, our, our corporate, HI. Okay. You will find... Uh, just incredible pictures and representations of what we all do. Sounds great. Well, we'll make sure and put the links in the show notes for everyone to uh, do a quick uh, click away. So anyways, that's a wrap. Again, thank you very much. And always remember, when the density's up and the gas is down, open the choke. Let's go to town. Ooh-wee.
Tune in next week for another captivating episode of Tendeka's Oil & Gas Onshore Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasglobalnetwork.com. 